What's up, everybody? It's Soren Baker here on Unique Access with Soren Baker. Thank you for tuning in, for listening, wherever you listen to your podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, and give us the highest rating possible on your preferred method of listening. Now, today we have the honor and the privilege of being joined by Player Ham. Now, he's, of course, one half of the Penthouse Players Click, who unfortunately only released one album, but thankfully it's such a masterpiece. Now, one thing Player Ham and I talk about is Tweed Cadillac, the other member of Penthouse Players Click, not originally being signed as a member of the group and how that affected them. Player Ham also talks about how DJ Quick, in his mind, would kind of hold back in the studio and you know different things about player hams working in the studio and some of that includes dj quick soaking up game from his mentees and these are the penthouse players click members player ham also talks about how thinking he was the king of rap at one point in the game it's a very interesting conversation lots of great history and we talk about a lot of great music and it's always great to be able to talk to these guys that made so much amazing music and helped establish the genre that we know and love today so there we are it's player ham unique access with soren baker we appreciate you listening what's up everybody soren baker here on unique access and today we have the honor and the privilege of being joined by player ham penthouse Live. players click in the what's building up, brother? How you feeling? man thank you so much for coming through man it's, my pleasure, it's, it's been a, a uh, ever since I first heard y'all's music, man. I was like, man, I got to meet these cats and interview them one day. Took a minute, but we're here. But we're here. We're here. (laughs) Everything happens that's supposed to happen. Absolutely. So that that being said, man, there's so much that I've been wanting to ask you since (laughs) 92-ish. So we got to get into a lot of it. We're going to, I could already tell we're going to have to do part two or three for this. I'm going to be as honest as I can. All right. Well, that's a good place to start. Yeah. So... One of the things as a kid and understanding, starting to learn how the music business worked by the time uh, Pay the Cost came out was mm-hmm. this was Ruthless Priority yes, Records. Sir. Yes, sir. But it was also DJ Quick obviously produced the majority of it. Yes, he did. So explain how did the deal come with Ruth, Ruth, Ruthless? Well, I was originally in that particular time. Mm-hmm. Signed to Wild West Records, okay. Morris Taft, yep. as a solo artist, mm-hmm. but still as Penthouse Players Click, right? And so one of my partners that I had some business with before I got that Morris Taft deal uh, came to me. I guess he had chopped it up with Easy or something, and Easy was dealing with whatever he was dealing with at the time. Mm-hmm. And my partner Dre told me that Easy interested in, 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 in messing with you. So I was like, well, what are you talking about? Are you talking about, you know, putting you on? Right. I'm like, okay, well, let's speed gang. And so when I talked to Easy when I met him, you know, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to mess with y'all. I've been hearing about you, you know, and I'm trying to get down. Mm-hmm. So we talked about the Quick situation as well. You know, Quick was the producer for most of it, you know. Right. But at the same time, you know, looking back, chess moves with what Easy was dealing with, he was trying to get in there with, with Quick, you know. <laughs> And this was his way. So <laughs> it was a beautiful thing, though. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Easy gave me what I asked for. He took care of Morris. And uh, the rest is hip-hop history, you know? Okay. So um, unfortunately, by the time I started getting to where I was interviewing the big dudes, Easy had already passed. Okay. So I've only, 
I know a lot from being around a lot of the people that worked with him and knew him. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but for your experience, what was he like as a person? A uh, regular cat on me. I mean, real mellow, you know, real sincere. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, he used to come around us, like, after he signed us, he'd come around by himself, you know. Pull up in the Benz, pull up in the Beamer, <laughs> you know, sack of weed, buy the drink. Whoever went to the stove, keep the change. You know what I'm saying? Just a regular real cat, man. No, uh, no frills, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, much love and much respect. So, as you were getting to to know and then work with Easy, what was it like actually doing a song with him? Uh man. Well, you know, Easy wasn't the writer or really a cat that that wanted to rap, mm -hmm. but he knew he had to because it was the business, you know. Right. So uh, he did what he had to do, but. Man, like I said, always respect. Always, you know, he he was he was sincere, man. He didn't he didn't pull no punches, but he didn't have to swing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So so he he just did him in the way he did it. Don't fight, <laughs> man. I mean, he 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 was. I mean, I I got like I said, put it like this. I should have asked for more money. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because he'd have gave it to me. You know, he, he was always a peacemaker when it was situations and drama. You know, I was dealing with a lot at that time. Okay. And so when I was going through what I was going through and then Quick was doing what he was doing the way he was doing it and a lot of things were going on, like I said, behind the scenes I didn't understand or I didn't know about, then I'm coming at the situation from I've made it perspective as opposed to we got to make this. This is my right. job. You see what I'm saying? Well, it's funny you say that because I, I know from my own experience as a writer, but then being around so many artists over the years, it's exactly that. They think once they get the deal, they're done. That's when the real work starts. Absolutely. And people, the ones that become the icons, understand that. And understood it from the beginning. And understood know? it, yes. It, it, that's my situation, bro. It's like <laughs> a nigga loved it more mm -hmm. when he wasn't getting paid. Really? You know what I'm saying? Because once we started getting paid, you started getting distracted. Mm. And you got pulled away from it for a multitude of different reasons or people start coming at you with way more things. And if you ain't got the foundation mm. of understanding that's necessary to navigate through that, then you get caught up, you know? Yeah. And then there's a lot of people that ain't going to give you the game. No. You know, they ain't going to tell you. They really going to hold your ignorance against you. Right. Or hold your naivete against you or exploit it and take advantage of it. And that happens to a lot of cats. You know, when we came in the game, no management, mm. basically managing ourselves, no attorneys, basically just paying them when we use them that one or two times. Okay. And then they not sharing the certain things because they got agendas. You know, everybody got an agenda. Right. You know, and sometimes they could see certain things in certain artists and then it make people do things a different way, dealing with certain individuals, you know, the cubes, the quicks, right. the easies, you know what I'm saying, the drays. You so know, what? It's a thousand cats in between them that yeah. fall to the wayside. So then what, what were the times you did use a lawyer? When it was time to negotiate contracts. Okay. Or when it was time to just make sure everything was like it was supposed to be and it wasn't getting fucked. You know what I'm saying? Well, that it's was like, good. <laughs> yeah, but, but at the same time, you don't know what you can get. You mm. don't know. It's, you're not building it on a foundation that you can go to the moon with. Right. You're just building it on a foundation where I'm going to get what I can get now. Mm. And a lot of cats, they see way past that. The you short know, And a lot of people ride, and a lot of people, they know. 
it's like, okay, he ain't going to last. Or they're going to do things to place you in a position. They don't want you to last. They might see some menu that they didn't have mm -hmm. or some menu that they can take advantage of only to a certain point. And then they know they're going to have to deal with consequences. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, as I learned at a young age, rap is a contact sport. So, Absolutely. You know, this yeah. whole life is. <laughs> right. You know, but you got to know when to play certain positions. Right, right. Yeah. So that being said, <clears throat> how, when, and why did Quick end up being your guys' producer? Well, because Quick was a part of the Penthouse Players Click before we even got that deal. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? We had several situations before my deal and Quick's deal right. that we were a group, me, Tweed, and Quick, right. you know? And so the Penthouse Players Click consisted of the three of us. Mm -hmm. And Quick was the missing piece when he came into the, you know, the play about maybe 1988 or so. Mm -hmm. And he was what was missing. You know, back then you needed a DJ. You needed somebody to do the music. And, and basically I was messing with different cats, doing different things. Homies that say they DJ or homies that say they can make music, you know, and then we try to make some and it don't turn out right. But when Quick came to the table, like I like to call him the goose that laid the golden eggs, you right. know, he did that for a lot of people. He, he would have done what he did to a certain extent, whether I was involved or not. Right. It just so happens that I was involved, and my hands is on that. I was influential. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, I was in the position to help him when he was in need, and of course it helped me as well. Well, I think it's important to talk about that because the story that most people know probably is this uh, born and raised in Compton, the, mm -hmm. the, the stuff he talks about is equipment getting stolen and all right. that type of stuff. Right. So I think it's important to explain like your hand in helping him during that time. Well, much of that happened before, you know, he got with us. Okay. Right. But basically 60, 70% of that first album was done in the penthouse. Right. Was created in the penthouse, was about the way we was living in the moves we was making. Right, right. But once he got his deal, you know, like with Tonight, he changed the names. You know, a lot of them cats in Tonight, them niggas wasn't around. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he did what he had to do, you know, based on what we were going through, because we had fell out. Mm -hmm. So once we fell out and we moving, you know, cats moving how they moving, you know, we made situations occur where uh, we came up a little bit together. But when it was time for certain things to happen, once again, we didn't have that guidance. We didn't right. have that, that, uh, that trueness that it took to get past certain things, mm -hmm. you know? And so things went the way they went. But so that being said, you had uh, said that getting with you guys was easy's way to get with quick. So yeah, I believe that through hindsight. That's what he wanted. Even though he didn't have no problem with us, right. you know, with me, because when I originally signed the Ruthless, I signed this penthouse players click by myself. Okay. You see what I'm saying? As a production company with my boy Dre and my boy Jason, though, we came together because we had some business. Mm -hmm. So I locked them in with that so that they could eat too. You know what I'm saying? And so, but as an artist, I was alone. Right. You know, and the intention was to do a Player Ham album, and once I put Tweed in the mix, um, do an album on him as well to build something. Right. But once again, distractions came into play, and and drama, and you well, know. One well, thing speak on it. What, what was the distraction? What was a well, main just distraction? life, right? And then quick dealing with what he was dealing with, and it made things difficult to continue to make, it, to, to make music, okay. you know, because Quick was dealing with what he was dealing with, going through whatever he was going through. 
And uh, me and Twee fell out, like I said, simply because at that time, even though we mended it, but at that time, Twee wasn't on my paperwork. Okay. And when we was ready to drop the Penthouse album, Twee was all over records and all in pictures yeah. and a part of the group. So Priority came to the table and was like, we need him on some paperwork. <laughs> and, and As we should. <laughs> right. And we were like, well, you need to sign him. And they were like, he's already a part of the group. We right. need to amend the paperwork. Oh, okay. You see? And that's when we needed an attorney. Gotcha. Because that's where we kind of got, you know, played. And then, I don't know if Twee went to Jerry and got some bread, which I'm pretty sure he did. He didn't okay. come back and do nothing for me. But I looked out for him originally mm. when I got paid and he was on the record. I broke him off out of my pocket. Okay. But I'm sure Tweed, the type of cat, once again through hindsight, that once he got forced into the situation because he didn't want to sign the paperwork, we had a talk. We convinced him that that was the best thing to do right then. But it wasn't. He was actually right. You mm. know, we shouldn't have did it like that. We should have fought that. So we should have got his own situation. That's what he wanted to be a solo? Yeah, well, no, he wanted his own paperwork because he wasn't on paperwork. Mm. So priority, I don't know if they broke bread with him after the fact. I don't know anything about that. Okay. You know, I don't know if he went back in once he signed and got some money. I don't know that. But knowing Tweed, one way or another, he, he probably went and got some money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he just didn't come back and break bread with me like I broke bread with him. At this point, because of the uh, chronology of it and... People have to understand, back in this era, 91, 92, even 90, 91, 92, mm -hmm. 93, albums took a long time to make and then a long time from the time they were done to actually Absolutely. come out. So my question is, when Easy was trying to get it quick, had Dre already left? Dre was gone. Okay. When so, I came, when we became a part of Ruthless, mm -hmm. Dre was gone. Okay. Because that happened in 91-ish. Right. And that's when we signed. Okay. We signed around, I want to say, April, February, 91. Okay. Maybe the summer of 91. Yeah. Yeah. And then the album came out like about a year. April. Came yeah, out a April year later. 92. And, and that's the thing I think for people to understand is it's so different uh, in this modern era where you can just have a computer press record and everything is done. Whereas back in that era, yeah. you know, the album might have been done six months yeah. Almost a year before it actually came out. The whole process yeah, took it was, more time. The taping. It was the, very different. The, the, the cutting and splicing. <laughs> the whole get-in was different. Right, right. Yeah. And then uh, with, with Quick and, and the things he was going with and, and getting in and out, how did, because um, it's interesting, like with High C and Tony A's Scandalous album and then with your guy's album, mm -hmm. he did the majority, but he, on neither album did he do the whole thing. Well, so, actually, he did produce our whole album with the exception of one song. Well. The song he didn't do, mm -hmm. even though he got the credit for it, and that was another issue later on in the game, Battle Cat did just to keep right. your attention. Right. And, um, but I guess based on the powers that be, they gave Quick the production credit. So what had actually happened was when we came back to the table for a, a soundtrack, okay. did, I'm gonna play a bitch right. for the Trespass soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack, by the way. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Um, I, I did a lot of the production on that 
particular okay. song. Okay. But I gave Battle Cat the credit simply because we didn't give him no credit on that first project. See, I had always known, I don't remember how I came to know it, uh, other than I know his name is on it. Uh -huh. So I just assumed he did it because of his emerging status at yeah, the time absolutely. with Domino was coming soon thereafter, I guess, yeah. and, or around that time too. But um, the reason uh, I was curious about it is like with High-C's album and, and with your guys' album, how is it, um, what difference did you notice like when you did songs with him and not with him, like the different ways that different producers worked in that era? Mm, well, they had a whole lot in common back then. Like Quick and Cat had okay. a whole lot in common because okay. before the situation blew up, they was competitive because Cat used to come over to the P and, right. and we'd chop it up and do things, but he was doing his thing. Right. But Cat was like the superior DJ on the tables. Okay. Even though Quick was good at everything he did. You know, quick. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, he's a one-man band. Right. All he really need in the studio is a second. And if he got a second engineer, he can basically do anything that needs to be done. But he incorporated a lot of people's talents. And he's, uh, you know, able to, you know, guide and direct, conduct, so to speak, on a, on the next level, even as a young cat, mm -hmm. you know. As opposed to Battle Cat, once again, same type of person, even though his rap skills are, you know, whatever, even though now he's a lot better at what he does. But back then, Cat was just a music man, funky. He incorporated his inspirations from growing up and in, in, in listening to music. Mm -hmm. And then on the tables, he was like superior to most. You yes. know what I'm saying? Still is probably. And I, even though I grew up in Maryland, I had the fortune of hearing some of the mixes that he did yeah. from uh, K Day, of course. Yeah. And um, that is just amazing when you look at like just using those two with Battle Cat and DJ Quick as examples. It's like people forget, and even looking at Dr. Dre, people forget these dudes are actually real DJs. Absolutely. And that goes a long way, I think. From everything I've experienced, it goes a long way when you're that good of a DJ to be able to then flip it to making beats. Yeah. And to actually being a real producer. Yeah. So what? When you were doing the Pay to Cost album, what did you notice that was so remarkable that you could even understand at that time, like, Quick is, like, so astounding? Well, like I said, once again, his, his, uh, his ability to, to learn. He was a student of the game. Okay. So everybody that he came around that was real good at what they did, he wanted to do that. Okay. So that's why he got so good at engineering, because he studied that. That's why he got good on the keys, because being around certain cats that mm -hmm. did certain things, he, he wanted to do that. Right. You know, Quick probably playing several instruments by now. I ain't been around him in a oh, minute. Yeah. But I'm sure he playing, you know, whatever he want to play and mm -hmm. playing with it, if not. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, Quick also would, would hold back, right? It's like, he would hear things and be able to recreate whatever he wanted to. He could do whatever he wanted to do. Okay. But he wouldn't always let you know that he could do that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and why do you think that was? Uh, well, you know, whatever, however he grew up, I think. You know, it, okay. had, it had issues with that, I, I would imagine. You know, because we was in a situation where the bigger the whole thing got, the bigger the whole thing got. You know what I'm saying? And if, as each individual got greater, the whole thing was supposed to get greater. Right. And, you know, I don't know if uh, everybody involved understood that concept. I mean, we're still dealing with it in 2020. So, 
you know, it is what it is. Right. Yeah. Well, to your point about him being great at everything, I had the uh, fortune of when Exhibit and I did a radio show on a K-Day called Open Bar Radio, and one time when we had Quick in, in the studio, and we did, like, uh, I didn't rap, but we did a lot of songs mm -hmm. uh, in there, and, mm -hmm. like, that was one of the craziest things, just seeing Quick, who most people, I think, regard higher as a producer than a rapper. Mm -hmm. But I actually saw him in there literally write his rhymes, his whole verse oh, yeah. on the yellow pad, write it, and then go rap it. And it was phenomenal, and hey, I still have it. Listen, listen. When Quick came to our table, he was a singer. Mm. He wasn't really rapping. Okay. So, I mean, he didn't probably set it in interviews and stuff where he really got that pen from, you know, right. where he really learned how to do what it is he do. But once again, he was that type of individual. He was that type of student. When you put him around things, he's going to suck all that up. He's going to learn how to do everything. Whatever in there that he want to do, mm -hmm. whatever y'all doing, he going to get that. He gonna, <laughs> he, he, I, I got that. You right. know what I'm saying? And, and that's the type of cat he was, you know, and he was really dedicated, you know, on a whole nother level from the very beginning, you know, from being around him. He was like a, a workaholic as well, you know, and that's the difference between a lot of cats that make it and a lot of cats that don't is, you know, Quick would spend all day into the night. I would have to pull him away to do something for himself because he was on that shit from from his waking moments to dust till dawn yeah to to you know all night i had to man can you please go you know tend to yourself because <laughs> you're back here you know <laughs> right, right we need you to get that together but i mean he was a young man and he really wanted it he was hungry mm -hmm. and and he is worthy of all the accolades you know what i'm saying so with the paid the cost album your guys uh working with easy and working with quick one of the things that i also thought was interesting about it was the lyrical approach that you guys took throughout the majority of the album with the player angles and the, right. talking about women, you know, of course, Short had come before you and right. other people, AMG had some of the elements throughout it. But for you, I wanted you to explain as a writer how you and Tweed kind of approached the subject matter in a different wrinkle. Okay, well, with that album, we wanted to do other music as well, different, because we had stories, I had different things, right? Mm -hmm. But I think Priority and Ruthless kind of influenced us to approach it from that angle based on the music that they already was making and they already had. Okay. You know, so exploit this penthouse player's click persona more so as opposed to, I mean, more so than, than, than everything that you think it is, Ham. Nah, we want you to give them what they think it is. You know <laughs> okay. what I'm saying? And so I think that had a lot of influence. And at the time, I was trying not to be unreasonably aggressive. Okay. You know, as far as what I really wanted to do, I was trying to be cool, you okay. know? And it, it didn't come off like that too often. <laughs> like, I really wanted it to, but I really was, you know... Like I say, dealing with a lot. And mm -hmm. so dealing with that and then not having what I needed to guide me through, the record didn't get, in my opinion, enough for me that I really wanted to give it. It just basically was, is that what y'all want? Here, you can have that. You know so what, what would it have been? It just would have been more versatile. It would okay. have been more, you know, of, of many more of the things I was on at the time, the poetic perspectives that I had, you know, that were, 
you know, a little more, a little less aggressive, okay. a little more, you know, like, like rap was transitioning at that time from, from the battle MCs to the rapping at rappers to rapping at and for your audience. It right. was transitioning then. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I was still kind of in serve mode <laughs> with the records that we chose. You okay. know what I'm saying? With the records they wanted, with the way they wanted us to do what they wanted us to do. And even Quentin kind of guided that as well. You know, hmm. I want you to do this. And, and trying to be respectful and considerate of what I was being, you know, given and what was being expected of me. You know, that's why I came a lot of the ways how I came, you know, and it turned out okay. I mean, I don't regret it, right? but I just kind of wish I would have been able to do some of them records that, that we didn't do, that we had, that, that my man didn't want to really do. He wanted to do them records. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because the thing that's also one of the many things that's interesting about Ruthless in particular, given that you're saying that, is that Ruthless <clears throat> had... You know, the Atband clan, which is Black Eyed Peas, essentially, they had Yomo and Malky, they had mm -hmm, DOC, mm -hmm. uh, obviously people left at different times, but DOC and Michelle and NWA, they had a wide range of styles of artists. Absolutely. So that's intriguing that the on the label side, whether it's Ruthless and or Priority, would have done that when they shown that they could have success having a more well-rounded uh, approach, I guess you would say. Well, I, I think, too, I got a lot to do with that, bro, because, okay. you know, I may not have been as approachable, you know, as I should have been. You know mm. what I'm saying? I may, you know, because basically they made the presentation, the click was was all of us. Right. You understand what I'm saying? And because I wasn't making boss moves to make sure no I separate mine. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It was like when we had issues with me, Twee, Quick, and then Easy was going through whatever he was going through, you know, people thought all them cats was like the click. Mm. When in actuality they wasn't. Right. You know what I'm saying? They were doing their own thing, but so when it was issues and cats moving in different directions and everybody wasn't moving as one then it became a situation where there is no more click, so to speak. Right. You know what I'm saying? And they, they was kind of right <laughs> because shit was crazy, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, that's just uh, throwing me off a little bit because the, the reality of it is is that whether it's, you know, easy or just using easy and quick as right there examples, both mm -hmm. of them in different ways had a lot of diversity uh sonically thematically oh, stylistically um, both but even up to that point up to 92 because easy obviously worked with dre and then didn't work with dre right. <clears throat> and and um you know when he started doing his eps and stuff he had the christmas song he was doing songs with naughty by nature he right. was just all over the place right showing all these different sides so that's intriguing well i mean I, like I said, once again, I'm whole, I'm grabbing on to all my responsibility. You know what I'm saying? I'm taking, you know, my part in that. Looking back, I should have done things differently. Mm -hmm. You know, I should have been easier to approach and talk to. Um, well, give me an example. Like what happened? Well, I guess without getting too deep, <laughs> I said a lot of things in different situations that I was capable of that 
made people believe, yeah, he might do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we ain't trying to fuck with him like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? We ain't trying to deal with that. And, right. you know, you say something to the wrong person at the wrong time, you're aggressive, you know. And, you know, even though I was just trying to be protective, mm -hmm. that was my perception. But at the same time, I needed guidance that I wasn't getting, you know. I, I, I thought I was the king of rap, you know, but not the king like everybody else's king, mm. you know, or they own thing. I was like, anybody could get it at any given time, you know, and that really wasn't what it was about. Right. You know what I'm saying? Not in business. Yeah, exactly. Not, not in business. You know, and so you're approaching people when they approach you and you're kind of unapproachable. Hmm. So that's why I didn't probably have any management at the time. I ran through a couple of homies trying to be managers, you know, and, and I didn't trust any lawyers, you know what I'm saying? And so hmm. nobody would really get at me on that level to help me understand the potential of what I was possessing. Hmm. You know, so I'm taking responsibility for that. You know, it's, it's all different now. So with that all being said, like where and how did that mentality come from from you and how did you not adapt business-wise sooner? Well, I was holding on to a lot of anger okay. about a lot of things that were out of my control and not being guided to understand once again and not even going to that guidance or not recognizing it when I had it. Because cats like uh, Father Amd from the Watch Prophets right. was in and throughout because Quick was messing with him and you know, uh, he was obviously a part of Quick's uh, sort of mentorship, right. you know what I'm saying? but. Uh, you know, you get exposed to certain things, you just don't recognize what they are. And so while you're dealing with other things that's distracting you, keeping you moving how you're moving, you're not really realizing that, you know, you need other things. You're leading cats, you're taking care of people. You, I was used to doing things a certain way. Mm -hmm. And even though I wasn't really that hustler in the streets like that, I was right aligned and affiliated with that. And so, I, I, you know, a lot of that, you know, protecting certain aspects of my reality. It's just like the penthouse players click. It's like I didn't want a gangbang. Mm -hmm. So I needed something that I could represent and I could do that would be respected on a certain level so that I didn't have to join the gang, so that I had to be involved in that, because that wasn't me. You know right. what I'm saying? But at the same time, my cats, my, my folks, they, we, they front line. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, I ain't messing with that. I mean, <laughs> that ain't me, you know? Right. So they allowed me to, you know, to still be down to that extent and do me. And I was protected by that aspect, but it was still around me. All them things was around us. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so a lot of those things, once again, inspired the music. And, and you know, Quick was right there with us. When mm -hmm. Quick came to the penthouse, you know, he was rapping about what we were doing. Right. You know, in addition to having fun, because he was the youngest. You know, he was the baby of the crew. Mm -hmm. So, but he was, like I said, a, a talented individual who, you know, soaked it all up and, and did it the way he did it, you know? So speaking of influences and a lot of things we've talked about today, uh -huh. who, especially in the rap world, but then outside of rap, like, who did you look to or who was a, strictly on a writing perspective that you were like, yo, this dude... Wow. I gotta say, Melly Mel, Grandmaster Melly Mel, okay. was like one of the first cats that step off, mm. moved me. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And then Super Rhymes. Mm. You know, when he was like, I got more rhymes than the clock chimes, I got more rhymes than the monkey climbs, I got more rhymes than lemons and limes, and I got more rhymes than the bank got dimes. I was like, wow, that's a lot of rhymes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so when I went back and listened, I was like, 
he do got all them rhymes, you know, and so that was motivational too. But I was a poet as a as a youngster. Okay. You know, I was in the poetry in elementary school and I always excelled at that, you know. And so once I graduated from high school trying to figure out what I was gonna do with my life, you know, it kinda just came together being in the band in the last six years and, you know, knowing music like that and appreciating it on that level and then, you know, the poetry, it was just the rapping part that I had to get right, you know? Hmm. Putting it all together and then representing it and then figuring out how I wanted to do it, you know? And the Penthouse Players Click came about because I was looking for a name for my rap group. And one of my partners, his name was Mark. I don't remember his last name, but I remember he had a jacket and he had Penthouse Players on the back. Hmm. And I was like, you ain't no player. Give me that. You know? <laughs> and I basically just took that name. So Mark, if you out there, homie, come on, let me, man. We got to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So... As you're looking at these different uh, rappers that you're admiring for what they're writing about, um, how did you see, since with Melly Mel, and your, what you ended up putting out to the world is dramatically different from them? Nah, you think so? Well, on content, not, well, not necessarily. Right, right. <clears throat> I was still trying to give them me, you mm -hmm. know, with a respect for that. Because even your boy LL, you mm -hmm. know, he was like the man, right? you know, when I was like really like honing my skills. And uh, so, you know, you see cats and, and out of respect, you know, you, you approaching them to holler at them on a certain level so they holler back, mm -hmm. you know, even, even, even our man Dana Dane, you know, it's like the storyteller skills, the way they do what they do, it's like you admire that Absolutely. from a perspective that I want to be like that. But at the same time, you may approach it, at least I was, like you said, combatively. Mm. You know, it's like, even though I wasn't, at least at the time, feeling like it was going to rise to a level of disrespect, at the same time, I'm getting my serve on. Right. You know, that's what we did. You know, it was a battle at the time. And I, you know, I went undefeated in a few battles I had. So, uh, but, but definitely, you know, I took the best of what I admired and respected. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, put me into that, you know, because like I said, I already had the, you know, the background right. from, from appreciating music and, and writing poetry as a youngster. So it was just about making it something that I could represent and I could live and die with, you know? Okay. And that's really what it's about as well. You know, Father MD told me early on though, you know, he was like, ham, hey, certain cats, they can't rap about things they don't want to happen. You could rap about what already happened. You could speak certain things into existence. Mm -hmm. So be careful what you're talking about when it's, when it's coming to this music and this, and this poetry and saying things that you don't want to happen. But you're talking about it like this could happen. Right. And uh, he was like, some of us can't do that. We can't get away with that. And it's obvious when you listen to certain music and you see certain cats route and where they at or where they not at, you know, you recognize these cats prophesy certain events, man, in their reality, you know? And usually for the negative, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> you, know, you know, we could speak some beautiful things into reality. You know, fake it till you make it type of shit, but... Well, I mean, that's one of the early things, of course, as you're well aware, with rap was the aspirationalness of absolutely. getting out of a bad situation, which yes, sir. obviously is very positive. 
And a lot of people, including almost everybody, especially the first 15, 20 years of people making the records, were aspirationally making them to get better their situation. Absolutely. It's, Absolutely. It's a little bit later on that people started blurring that line that you're talking about and, you know. And keeping it real became. Keeping it real became. Cold impediment. Real wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, for, for now, because we're definitely going to do parts two and probably three or whatever, mm -hmm. but what, how, um, like, what are you working on now? What should people be looking out for? Well, it's the Young Giants on mine, you know, all okay. day, every day. You know, they working with Jelly Roll. They working with Day One. They working with Battle Cat, you know. And um, it's all about them for me. Backing them, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, my two sons, uh, mm -hmm. Deuce Mack and Big Joe West. It's all about them for me, man. And, okay. and playing my position for them, man. You know, they grown men with their own families and their own responsibilities. But at the same time, you know, we owe this game and this game owe us. So we just gonna continue to give, you know. We gonna we gonna we gonna give them what they need and and get what we gotta get out of it as well, you know. So that's really what it's about. They got a project, uh, 2090s, that's just uh, like getting a little little love, and Fleetwood Brown music is finishing up, and uh, G sides and P talk is another project that we doing some visuals for right now. So be on the lookout for that young giants, man. We gonna try to to flood it so that you can get on their little page and and get, get, get caught up for at least two or three hours, you know? There it is. Yeah. And then what, what would you say is the main lesson you've told them or taught them or shown them about things you did right or wrong that you're helping them with? Oh, man, that's a lot. Uh, but I would say the main thing is, is do the work, mm. you know? It's like you're going to get out of it what you put into it. That's true. Yeah, so... You know, if you really want everything out of it, especially how crowded it is now, because back when I was rapping, it wasn't even cool to rap. It was, it wasn't right. even the, the shit. It was sell drugs and 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 do something different. Rap ain't gonna be here, you know. <laughs> right. But uh, now everybody and their mama rapping, and and the game is watered down with a lot of things that make it seem like it's easy to blow up. And for some people, it apparently is, you know. Mm -hmm. But the skill level is nowhere near about what it used to be when we was, you know, and I guess it don't take that now. So you got to put that work in. That's the main thing I tell them. And we're going to put in part two coming soon with Player Ham, but we appreciate you guys uh, checking us out here on Unique appreciate Access. It. Player Ham, pleasure, man. Thank you it's so much mine, for coming sir. through. Appreciate you as well. Yes, yes. Player Ham, I'm Soren Baker, Unique Access. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to Unique Access with Soren Baker. I appreciate your guys' support. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and however you guys checked out this episode of Unique Access with Soren Baker. Also, if you haven't already, please pick up the copies of my two most recent books, The History of Gangster Rap and The Gucci Man Guide to Greatness with Gucci Man. You can find both of those books on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, at the independent bookstore near you. And of course, you could also check them out at your library. And if any of those places don't have them, please request them. And most importantly, thank you so much for listening to Unique Access with Soren Baker, however you listen to us. And please subscribe so we get into your feed. Hit us with that like and hit us with the five stars, 10 stars, 100 stars, whatever's the highest they got on this platform. But we appreciate your guys' support and look forward to you checking us out on the next episode. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.